What's good, everyone? It is your host, once again, Aaron Canos, with the big man, Christian Tertius. How are you doing, brother? Good, brother. Good to be here with you guys. I'm doing good, doing good. And this week, we have a special guest. It is my father, the person who taught me everything about football, my dad, David Canos. How are you doing, dad? Pretty good. Thank you for inviting me. Looking forward to this discussion, so thank you. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. We're going to see how this pans out, see if you can come back on another episode. Love to. Next time you invite me, I'll be right here. <laughs> I mean, you live. I mean, you live with me, so you better be able to I come. I just come down the stairs and I'll be here. We'll do. I, we'll do. We'll do. So a lot of stuff happened during this week, and let's just dissect these games, boys, shall we? Yes, sir. Let's go. So first game we're gonna be talking about is RB Leipzig versus Liverpool at RB Leipzig. Liverpool with a shocking win, two nil. Goals from Salah and Mane. Christian, what did you think about that game? Um, I thought it was a pretty even game, but uh, it was funny, you know, because Liverpool is the team that's been having all the defensive errors recently, and today that's what happened to Leipzig, and luckily Liverpool was able to capitalize. So, those are my thoughts. Yeah, I agree on that. To be honest, it was the two goals that RB Leipzig allowed were pretty, pretty bad oh on God. their behalf. <laughs> their defense, that was just bad. So, um, what was it? Uh, What's his name? On the first uh, one, it was On the Sabitzer. first one, Sabitzer. Mm-hmm. I always forget his name. So Sabitzer, I don't know what he was doing. He just gave a really bad pass mm-hmm. to um, Klosterman, and Salah just scooped that straight into the goal. And I was just like, wow, that's how... And they were dominating for most of the game. Yeah, I agree. But if you think of it this way, Sabitzer's pass to Salah was a perfect through ball. <laughs> Give him the one... You know, they led him to the 1v1 with the goalkeeper. Yeah. It away. Yeah, I agree on that. But yeah, that was just really bad played by them and then but because they most in the first half they really had more of the chances yeah. and it wasn't really Liverpool didn't really creating chances they didn't look threatening they started the same lineup that they pretty much started in the prem right and I still don't understand why they do that but you know I don't I don't make decisions up there no yeah I agree 100% and uh, the crazy thing about it too was that uh, Leipzig could have gone up like in the fourth minute I think it was Danny almost diving header comes off the post uh, that was you know when I saw that, I was like, oh, here we go. It's going to be a long day for Liverpool once again. But unfortunately, it wasn't like that for him. Yeah. Unfortunately, it wasn't like yeah, that. Yeah, I agree on that. Dad, what did you, you think about that game? Uh, well, to be honest, I didn't really watch the game. So I mostly... Uh, did you see the highlights, though? I saw the highlights. Um, what did you think about So them? I think by Liverpool, like, overall, I think will give them a, a booster, especially, you know, mm-hmm. for, you know, they haven't, they're having won any games in the last, I think, three or four games. So I think this was, uh, I kind of, kind of rest, put the fans in at ease, you know, now that they want something, hopefully that momentum will carry on for this weekend when they play Everton, so, I mean, I'm looking forward to that. So. I agree on that, yeah. I agree, they made that second goal, Uwe McConnell with a mistake from that really booted up ball in the air, made whips the ball, and then Mane just takes it, dribbles, and just scores. That was in, that was actually not Upa Mekano, that was Mukiele. That was Mukiele? Yeah. Man, it was the same. Not going to lie. No, yeah. I thought, like, I thought it was <laughs> first two until I watched the replay again and watched the highlights again. I saw it was Mukiele because I was, you know, I was like, Upa Mekano, I was like, bro, you just got bought, you know, you just got purchased by Bayern, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, that's not a good look for uh, for him, you know, especially in the in the first leg of the Champions League. Uh, but luckily, it wasn't him. It yeah. was Mukiele. Yeah, that would, that would embarrassing himself. That would have looked really bad. <laughs> Bayern just spent what forty two, what forty million euros on you, and you yeah. just already made a mistake in the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> we have been like, oh my god, did we just make the worst signing? Yeah, they probably. Bayern would have been like, Bayern would have been like, 
Let's, what re- do- let's rethink this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instant buy. Can we get a refund? Facts. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's good. You know, Liverpool with two away goals, that's key for them. Yes. Especially them going back home to Anfield. They have the home field advantage. They have, they're up 2 0. So RB Leipzig had to beat them 3 0. I don't think that's going to happen in the next leg. And yeah. that, that's going to be crazy because, you know, Leipzig did look dangerous in the first half, like you said. But they didn't really. In the second half, they didn't really have many chances. In the second half, yeah. And the second half was more Liverpool uh, pressing and and trying to create mistakes. Um, I don't know if you remember though. I think it was in the first or it might have been second half. I can't remember. But um, uh, Gulachi comes out, and uh, I remember it was a Robertson ball over top to to Mane. He was running uh, towards it. He was about to be one v one with the goalie. Gulachi comes out. Clears it, but he doesn't do a great job clearing it. He goes back to Andy Robertson, and he plays the ball over top to the goalie. Oh, yeah, and the goalie's just sprinting back, and he literally dives. And the ball is out of bounds, but he literally ends up in the back of the net, all wow. twisted up. It was the funniest <laughs> thing. I was like, this man, re- I saw that, I was like, and he had the crossbar. Yeah. And I was like, damn. Uh, I was like, that could have been you know, Florenzi <laughs> versus Barcelona. Oh, yeah, yeah, back in like, what, yeah, back, yeah, when <laughs> I was like, I'm so shocked they still scored that, but yeah. Hey, that's that's for another time. That's for another <laughs> time. But that's gonna be a good game to watch. Um, hopefully, Liverpool will pull it out, advance to the quarterfinals. We'll see what happens. Yep. On to the next game. Right. And oh my goodness, Uh-oh. the pain, uh, the pain is coming. I'm okay. still not. I'm still not over this. The loss. pain, the pain <laughs> is real. PSG beating Barcelona in the camp now, four to one. A hat trick for Kylian Mbappe. Christian. Tell me, what the hell happened? Uh, before I give you a full breakdown, uh, <laughs> props to Kylian Mbappe scoring a hat-trick at the Camp Nou in the Champions League. Uh, so f- last time that happened, that was uh, from Shevchenko back in 1997 when he was to that Dinamo Kiev. So That's old. That, that's yeah. like, and that wasn't even Shevchenko at AC Milan. That was Shevchenko in Kiev. You know, yeah, that was crazy. that's young Shevchenko. But, uh, but props to him uh, literally made us look like children made Barcelona look foolish the whole not necessarily the whole first you know in the first half but in the second half for sure they took you know took uh, advantage of all the chances that they had they honestly could have gone and scored at least five or six on us but luckily we had three stating goal made some amazing saves but this is for me not good enough at all from uh, from Barcelona and I'll, I'm not surprised if they don't come back from this I, I see PSG advancing yeah I agree on that to be honest like it was I don't know what happened was going on with that right side, Dest and Dembele not tracking back. Literally, I don't understand why Coleman went high press in that second half when yeah. he has PK who just came back from injury, right. Dest who's been inconsistent for you, and he was injured for a bit too, and he was injured as well. So you know I don't, and you have Longley who's not the fastest as well. Right. The only person that's fast that you can see is Jordi Alba, but still, Mbappe plays opposite of. Jordy, so I don't know why Coleman went with that. Um, any thoughts about the game, Dad, or anything like that? Um, I think there was a perfect plan. Uh, PSG uh, punished, you know, Barcelona from, you know, and that's the problem with Barcelona. I mean, that's whenever you play a team that has a lot of speed, and if you obviously, you know, Barcelona, that's their style. They love to possess the ball and pass around, but one little mistake or and they go the other direction and obviously you know PSG has a lot of speed and I mean you know like it shows the same thing happened with even with Sevilla 
when they, I mean, in, in the um, the person who scored the second goal, they used to perform. Rakitic. Uh, Rakitic. I mean, he's not the fastest guy, and we made him look like a Speedy Gonzalez guy. Right. I mean, so it's like <laughs> things like that, that just the defense, the defense is not playing. So I would've, if I would have been the coach, I would have said, listen, let's just, I mean, it's 1-1. One, one. Let's keep the possession. Kind of don't have to press that high. We're doing okay the first half. We, I mean, it looked okay, but then once they started hard pressing, it was a different. I mean, it was a, yeah. like uh, Christian was saying, it was like kids playing against adults. I mean, the the PSG looks so big, fast, stronger. I mean, the P, I mean Barcelona. Some of the players looked so tiny. They would just push them a little bit and boof, they were off the ball. I mean, it was just it was pretty pretty bad. I mean, I just don't see uh, uh, you know Barcelona coming back next you know next in the in the when they play in PSG's home. I don't see anything happening there. I mean, I just it could be embarrassing. It could be the same as what Bayern unit Bayern did to them last year, yeah. which could be another four or nothing or five nothing if they decide to go high press. So hopefully the coach learns and just let's say you know what, let's just sit back, play like a four five one, sit back and just kind of leave somebody up front, maybe Messi behind them, and hopefully we get a chance. Maybe don't get killed so bad. Maybe it's a one one or two to one, you know, loss, and then we'll see. And I think that's the difference of, uh, you know, of Barca being stuck in their style. I, th- I think we can all tell that it's a little out of date. Yes. Um, PSG, you know, like you were saying, they're just dominant, stronger, quicker, faster. Mm-hmm. And Barcelona, you know, it takes them forever to build up a play. And it, for some reason, always has to go through Messi. Obviously, Messi's the best player in the world. Give the ball to him. But you have other players around you, you would think, like De Jong, Pedri, Dembele, Griezmann. That would be able to take charge of some of that when Messi's not having a good game, and be able to create something, you know. And that's the and that's the issue Barca has that they're they're too much in their style of play. And the no. biggest thing now is is speed and power, and that's what all the, the big teams are doing, like PSG, Bayern. Within the last two games, you know, in the Champions League, we've played Bayern and PSG, and we've conceded twelve goals, <laughs> and we've only put away two. Like that's a really bad sign. Yeah, that's really bad. To be honest, Barca had chances in the first half though. Yeah, they had really good chances. Griezmann in the first half when Messi when um Pedri even that through ball, he should have finished that. Oh my god! He's, don't take that extra touch, Griezmann. Just I, agree on that. As it, it's literally in your stride, bro. All you have to do is twist your hip and hit it far post or blast it, put it on target. Right. And that's and then what, them was it Dembele? Yeah, Dembele. Oh, the same yeah. situation. I mean, Messi serves him a pass right there. And he does the same thing that what he did last time when we played Liverpool. Yes. When we were three nothing, and he does this and t- kicks the ball right to the goalie. Then we ended up winning three nothing, and then we go to Liverpool and it was four nothing. So really? the same situation, and just like and then uh, not to pick on him, but basically the same thing. The second goal when PSG scored, he doesn't fall back. He's walking to play defense. They do the cross cross to the corner. The guy centers it. And where's Dembele? He's walking, not you know. That was his man, and that man crossed it. That's how they got the second goal. So, yeah. you know, little defensive situations that they just don't do, and it's just you know they're getting exposed in every little way, and that you know I don't see a change. Yeah, I agree on that. To be honest, um, what was I about to say? Hold on, I had a chain of thought. I had a chain think of thought. It. I had a chain of thought about Guzman <laughs> Dembele. Don't think about it, because I, I want to say something as well. Hold so. up. Give me, give, me, give me one sec. Give me one sec. I just had it. I had a really good, um, just a whole little bit about Uzman Dembele. And he um, me. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, I, was, I don't know what I was about to say. And the width, the goal that he passed to keep was right after Messi just scored a penalty. Yeah, so it would really. have been 2-0. 2-0 up. 2-0 up. You have the momentum. You could right. keep going with that. And, completely you know, different pe- game. Completely different game if you make that shot. And, you know, PSG would have to come out more, and that's obviously going to favor Barca because Barca, we saw, they had chances on counters. Yeah. Griezmann had a chance on the counter yes. just streaking right. yeah, and almost scored on PSG from a, count, from a corner. Right. Yeah. So they had, I think that goal would have definitely changed the momentum of the game, and possibly we could have had... Three, it could have been three one, three two. Yeah. We would have gone to PSG, probably won the game, right, and yeah. that just entirely changed the game. But nevertheless, that right wing got exposed, Desk got exposed massively in that game, and right. he, I don't know why Coleman still stops him. To be honest, I think he should start Junior Firpo instead of Desk. No and way. I agree. <laughs> Junior <laughs> Firpo is. <laughs> who would you rather have, Desk or Junior Firpo, in that right back spot against Kylian Mbappe? Honestly, well, fast is quick, right? Yeah. Des is coming back from injury. Firpo, I, I just he since he arrived at Barca, you know, before that he was at Betis, right? And he played really good football under Setien. As soon as he as soon as he arrived to Barca, it was a complete one eighty. Dude looked lost. You know, his level was dropped so much. Wow. And I mean, honestly, going into this game, I was uh, I wasn't sure if I was excited to see PK in the starting lineup or not, since he was, you know, hadn't played a game since November. And clearly, you can tell he wasn't match fit. But one thing I will say is that he brought some leadership to that back line that you haven't seen. Yep. And that what I really wish, or I guess what really sucks that happened was Araujo got hurt. Because Araujo would have definitely started in that center back position. And then that would have given him the option to start Minguesa at right back. Ideally for me, it would have been Jordi Alba left back, uh, Langley, Araujo, and Minguesa playing right back. I think that would have been a better line. But given to, you know... The circumstances and the injuries that Barca has had this season that obviously changes game plans, but but I don't know. And to go back to to Dembele just for one second, bro, <laughs> on the first goal, what are you doing? You know, yeah. literally, what are you doing? Then Glaze uh, marking Icardi, Piquet has Mbappe, and um, Verratti who ends up uh, you know creeping up there with the, with the strikers is is being marked by uh, by Sergio Des. Kurzawa is on the left flank. Literally by himself, no one near him for like I want to say at least fifteen yards, twenty yards maybe. Right. Paredes, no, it wasn't Paredes. It was Marquinhos. He sees it from the other side of the field, pings a ball to him, which yeah. then makes Des, you know, it drags Des from having to to mark Verratti, and then Verratti creeps right between uh, um, uh, who was it? It was between uh, Dembele and Frankie, right? Mm-hmm. And and Piquet is still marking um, Mbappe, right? So by the time the ball gets placed to, Verat- to Verratti, no one's on him, and that's what allows him to dink the ball to Mbappe, who's now not being marked by Piquet because he's caught in no man's land between the two of them. Right. And then Langley, obviously, he's not the fastest guy in the world. Just quick feet, gets by him, boom, goal. For me, that's Dembele's fault all day. And that is unacceptable, bro. Playing against PSG, who you know is a better team than you, obviously not playing as good as you know they should be. But, bro, it's just those little mental lapses and being lazy in defense that always gives Barcelona, you know, they literally get in their own way. I agree on that. To be honest, that right side, Des got exposed on the, what was it, the second goal, Kevin Mall side? Uh, that was, was the, the second one, yeah. Second one, yeah, we kept him on side. Um, you know, it was just little mistakes, and then last goal obviously was a counterattack, and then the third goal was just set piece. Dude, so did. literally the set, the three things that Barcelona despised. Oh, set pieces, mental lapses, and high pressing. That's literally their three. The three things that Barcelona suck at are what they got scored on. Like boys, you get paid so much money and you train every day. You guys can't work on that in training. 
If you know that's one of the things that you're lacking, shouldn't you spend more time in trying to fix it? I agree. Yeah. And it's been like this for literally the whole season, and I can think back to how many years that that's always been Barca's kryptonite. They always yeah. like to press up, but it's always either caught on counters, set pieces, and just lazy-ass defending. Yep. Got any comments on that? No, but just you summarized correctly. I mean, this is uh, that's the kryptonite for Barcelona. I mean, the, the, the set pieces are killer. When that guy scores... Can't think of the name of the gentleman who scored on the on the. I mean, that was just like the guy is wide open. The two the, the two guys go to the other player and he's wide open yeah. right in the middle a header. I'm like, I know they're taller than you, but at least put a body on them. Or, you right. know, I just I just don't understand. It's just very painful watching it. Right, and uh, one of the th- and on on that play, I think Frankie was the one that was that was in the wrong on that one because Langley is it was Langley Langley and Frankie were right there. Frankie is marking Moise Keane. Marquinhos is right here. And Frankie, and what Marquinhos does is that he gets in front of Langley, so that immediately obligates Langley to go with them, right? And then Moise Keane just trails right in front of Frankie. Frankie's literally not marking a single person. And the ball was a perfect ball right to Moise Keane. Easy ass header. Yeah. 3 1. Yeah. And then that, and then we obviously counter on the fourth one. Bob yeah. gets his hat trick. But, you know, this is going to be difficult for Barca. Even as Barca fans, we don't really see them coming back from this, and it's just sad. You know, another trophy list year, maybe, for Barcelona, and that's just unheard of for them. For their stature and their um, what type of club they are, you expect trophies every year. Yeah. And that's, that's just sad and, from them. And that's why I don't see Barca coming back this year at all, because that year they had far better players. You know, you're still talking about a team that had Iniesta. Uh, Untiti in top form actually had a decent defender that year. Yep. Um, Luis Suarez up top. We had Neymar. Neymar literally carried his back. Right. So a completely different team. It's been a few years, and we obviously didn't have a. We also didn't also did not have a 33 year old Messi, who, as much as we want him to do everything, he literally can't do everything. How was Messi when that battle happened? What was 2016? Uh, he was, was 29? 29. 29. 28, 29. 28, 29. Yeah. Gee, that means he was young, young. That was yeah. in his prime. That was prime, that was prime so, Messi. So. Yeah. A completely different team. I do not see uh, Barca coming back from this. Yeah, that was just... We'll just leave it at that. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> On to the next Champions League game, which was the cr- a crazy game. Dortmund versus Sevilla. I was not expecting this scoreline. Right, me neither. I was not expecting this at all. Uh, 3-2 Dortmund, and they were playing in Sevilla, so mm-hmm. they have the advantage going into the next leg, but right. wow, what a performance by Erlen Haaland. Oh my god. What a performance. <laughs> what a beast. God, 20 a years beast. old. 20 years old. What an animal. Two match. goals and an assist. What a game. That was, not gonna lie, Sevilla's first goal was kind of crappy. So, yeah, I got, they, it was pretty lucky. It was lucky. That flexion off of um, Hummel's. Yeah, that was kind of lucky, but man, that Holland took that the first goal that Dortmund scored when um it was the Hood, when yeah. um Holland took on was it two defenders? Yeah, he megged one, megged one, and then got get past the Hood. Hood took on the defender, cut inside and curler into the right corner. That was just nice, and then Holland just Holland's just so fast, bro. Out for the size he is, yeah. and how big he is, you don't expect this man to outpace like. Yeah anyone but this dude outruns everyone right and that's just crazy to me what i liked a lot about Holland in this game was that he wasn't up there with the center defenders you know he wasn't like a he wasn't like a i guess like i don't want to say last man but he wasn't back there or up there with the with the center backs right he was dropping deep this game 
to collect the balls. Instead of playing a four five one, he was dropping deep, collecting the balls, and literally as soon as he did that, he would get in those little like those little tiny gaps, and he would be able to find someone or just would just dribble shit at defenders, and they literally could not do anything about it. They couldn't do anything. Yeah, he was because uh, he literally the, the the first and second goal were kind of the same. He collected the ball, he turns in the first one. You know, like you said, he finds the hood, he cuts. Uh, no one's pressing the hood. He cuts to his right real quick, and then you know banger to the top right corner. Yes. And the second one. Uh, kind of the similar play. He collects it, turns, and literally dribbles. I want to say like ten yards. Plays a nice little one-two with Jaden Sancho. Which, how does Sevilla not know this? This is how I feel like Dortmund scores the majority of the goals. This isn't the first time they they combine for a goal, right? Nice little one-two over the top, and literally just there to just to push it back into the back of the net. Hmm. So, yeah, Erlen Hanna had a heck of a game, and a bunch of praise to Sancho as well. Sevilla could not touch him, and Marco Royce, you know. Yeah, he got an assist. That third goal was nice, but uh, but yeah, um, all three of them played the played a, a great game. Sancho, Royce, and Holland on top. I agree on that. Dan, any comments on that game? Uh, just the basically the I think the thinking of this gentleman is it Holland? Holland. Holland. I mean, he just amazing. I mean, I'm just I saw it like one of the second goal. I was impressed how he like you were saying, Christian. He came like maybe 10 or 15 yards into the midfield, almost towards the midfield, pick up the ball, uh, picks the ball up, recognizes that there's nobody behind him. Maybe his teammates told him, but he just turned around and there was nobody. It's like, whoa, and I have all this space. He turned around and was like, okay, thank you. I mean, I'm surprised <laughs> Sevilla, knowing that he is the go-to guy, he right. is like the top dog of scoring. I mean, nobody's on him. He's like, okay, let me turn around and look around. And he just took off and it was, Amazing. I mean, that was like the second goal was one of the best, I believe. Yeah. I mean, he just turns around, like you say, he dro- he drives for about 10, 15 yards, give and go, boom, goal. I mean, that was an amazing goal. So. And then the third goal, um, what was it? Steal from their midfield. Oh. Fernando got <laughs> um, taken. It was uh, Rakitic. I don't know what the heck Rakitic was doing. Rakitic. He literally had the ball right in like the center circle. He sees literally Papu Gomez maybe like five yards away from him. Uh-huh. That pass was so dumb because Papu had like two people around him. And I think Rakitic, one was one was tracking him back, right? So he literally passes Papu the ball. And by the time Papu receives the ball, he's got two guys on him. Yep. And then Royce, just a quick little steal. Dribbles about 15 yards. It was like a 3v1. Yep. It was uh, Dahoud. Uh, Royce was carrying the ball and Highland on the right-hand side. He's dribbling, right? No one's pressing nothing. Dribbling, dribbling, dribbling. One of the guys finally steps. Easy layoff to, to Highland. Back, back post finish. So easy. Yeah, I mean, that's just... It's, um, normally, Sevilla is a very good defensive team. That yeah. it, I'm just surprised because the way they play Barcelona, I mean, they were like a different team. I'm just like surprised. So, yeah. you know, I was a little shocked that they lost 3-2 because I was like, well, what happened? Yeah. They, that was not the same thing that they that they show against Barcelona in the Copa del Rey. So, I was just kind of a little surprised. So, But, hey, Dortmund played excellent. So, I think they you know took advantage of this, their mistakes and made them pay. Yeah, and uh, one of the things, too, that I liked about this game was Dahoud and Emre Can partnership in the center defensive mid-positions, they bossed the midfield. And like you said, Sevilla, a team that normally defends really well, and they remind me a little bit of a, of Atletico Madrid a bit. You know, they like to get stuck in and right. give teams a hard time. Yep. They didn't do that this game. They, they went to the game not, you know, trying to keep possession, but there wasn't really anything too dangerous. They were playing the ball side to side, no forward penetration whatsoever, and... You know, even when Dorman went down the first goal, you know, they were patient and they were, you know, just going after him. Every every single time the ball they got the ball, they would give it to Sancho and no he was or or Holland and they were just untouchable this game. No yeah. one could even get close to him. Yeah, I agree on that. To be honest, that I'm just shocked that 
the way that they played against Barca, it was completely 180. They didn't. They started majority of the players that they played in the Copa del Rey. Yeah. Even though some of them, yes, they came off the bench, but still, you're at home, Champions League, lose three two, you know, you have to go and win two nil over there in Dortmund. That's not looking good on you. Yeah. You know, Dortmund right now, Holland looks like he's the best strike, one of the best strikers, and he's gonna be in the transfer market this summer. He's everyone's gonna want to get him because oh, this yeah. man, he looks like he's the next, you know, CR seven. Yeah. And but did you, uh, did you see what he said after the game too? I didn't see what he said. So um. They asked him, you know, Holland had a great game, yada 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 yada. He was like, basically, like, how did you, how did you come into this game? You know, what was like your mentality? He was like, honestly, I saw Kylian Mbappe do it yesterday. He gave me free, like, free momentum, you know. And I was like, if wow. he can't do it, why can't I do it? And wow. that's one of the things too that I think we're we're starting to see now that Messi and Ronaldo are getting towards the end of their career. Right. Is this generational shift of these younger players like Mbappe, uh, Holland, Sancho that are gonna be the best players? And I wouldn't say we're gonna obviously think about forget about Ronaldo and Messi, but I think it's it's getting closer to their time. So I, agree on that. I definitely agree. It's definitely you definitely see Holland and Mbappe definitely just start racking them up right. very soon. It might be sooner rather than later, you never know. Yep. But on to the biggest upset that could have happened <laughs> in the Champions League, and I was definitely not expecting this. Porto beat Juventus two to one. Wow. What the hell? Is <laughs> Juventus? Why? Why? Just why? Dad, can you explain to me what the what was that sentiment doing in the first minute of the game? Oh my god! What is he doing? I I, I don't know. It was just like they were just kind of like they they thought it was a practice session or something. Yeah. I mean, it was just like passing the ball around like nothing to it. And then, I mean, I don't know what you're right. I don't know what the def- the midfielder or defender um, was thinking about it. He just passes the ball like. Oh, here we go. And then yeah. the forward's like, well, thank you. And wow, the goal is not even paying attention. It's like, oh, sh-. by the time he reacts, it's too late. So, right. And then when they score, it's like their body language is like, like nothing. Nobody gets mad. I mean, usually most Italians are like, you know, they'd be sorry to say they will be cussing and telling you, hey, what the heck? But like nothing to it. Like, oh, okay, it's just one nothing. Like, oh, it's Porto. It's Porto. No big deal. But I think they just, they didn't really respect it. Porto. Porto, I mean Porto, I'm sorry. And I think they were just underestimated them. They kind of like, ah, you know, sometimes you have to really pay attention to your opponent because right. if you you underestimate them, they make you pay. And, you know, you can see that they underestimated and then they made them pay. Right. So, yeah. I agree. Uh, no, I agree 100%. You know, Bentacur, this isn't the first time it's happened. They remember in, in the in, in the, the Inter, Copa Italia the Inter game. against Inter. Inter same exact thing. Same exact thing, and they in uh, AC Milan was able to capitalize. Was no sorry, it, Inter Milan was not able to capitalize during that match. But this isn't the first time we've been seeing Bentacur in that CDM pos- uh, position, just lose balls like that, wow. and literally just so you know relaxed. Like the one of the things that my coach, you know, as my club coach growing up, he yeah. always said first five and the last five. Yeah. And that's literally what happened in this game. It was funny watching it. It's like I was—I felt like I was ten years old again, you know, getting those like uh, deja vu. Yeah, literally deja vu of my coach saying first five, last five. Even one of my uh, one of my old teammates, he uh, hit me up on Snapchat and we was like, uh, "What did Coach Fitz used to say? Like, you know, first five, last five. And I and I literally responded to him was like, "You're a hundred percent right." Yeah. But um, but yeah, just too like you know, like I was saying, too relaxed. And it just didn't happen once in this game. It happened twice. <laughs> As exactly. soon as the second half started, within 23 seconds, 
you know, it was a lovely goal, you know, like Tiki Taka, you know, and then uh, right. one of the players dribbles right by uh, uh, Alexandro, plays it to, I think it was Mareka is the guy's mm-hmm. name, yeah. takes a touch and it tucks it away. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about this last week or last episode, I think it was what it was, that when Juventus go down first, it's hard for them to get back into the game because there is literally no creativity in that team whatsoever. And to be honest with you, I was sleeping on Porto. I am no longer making that mistake. If they are, if they end up beating Juventus in the second leg, because they pressed the heck out of Juventus and made them look foolish, you know. What I liked about him too is that it kind of reminded me of, uh, I don't want to say Barca's uh, Guardiola's Barca, but when they had the ball, they literally would try to recover it within seconds, and as soon as they got it, they literally spread out the field so much, and that left Juventus so exposed and stretched. Obviously, it's not as good quality as you know that O nine Barca team that he had, but literally made him look so wow. so bad. Yeah, uh, to be honest, um, I mean, like we said, Juve, remember that Inter, in the Inter Copa Italia second leg, when Inter was pressing them very high, Juve looked stuttered. Juve does not do well when you press them high, oh, yeah. and I think Porto knew that coming in, in this game, that when you press their back line, Alexandro, they, if you press them, Chiellini, they don't play well. They make mistakes, and that's yeah. exactly what happened in this game. They, you saw in the very first goal, they were pressing them high. Hell, the freaking the striker was right next to the goalkeeper. <laughs> next to the goal. Really? He was right next to the goalkeeper, and Benteker decides to just make a crap pass, and the striker just taps it in. Right. But I think that's Juve's weakness. They they don't know how to play from the back right, yeah. as well as other European teams. Yeah, I agree. And um, and after, you you know, literally, I think it was minutes after the, the first goal, Juventus tries to play you know out of the back again. They pass the ball to Chesney. They actually give him a pretty... Crappy ball. It was like they. It wasn't like a shot. But it was like a really driven pass to him, right? And he tries clearing with his left foot. It falls straight to the one of the, one of the attackers. Mm-hmm. And you know, luckily for Juventus, he doesn't capitalize because the the shot they ends up taking gets deflected and goes out for a corner. But it's right. like, it's got to be a lot better, you know? Right. Yeah. Similar situation that happened to Liverpool. You know, their goalies. Yeah. You know, that similar situation. That's how they lost to Manchester City. You know, goalies making mistakes. They don't feel comfortable with the ball. So. And then, obviously, their coach um, from Juventus, you know, he's obviously a legend. He loves to play the field. You know, he's obviously a midfielder, plays, you know, loves to play with the ball. And so that he's trying to implement that into this team. And I think they're not, not all the players are buying into that. So, as you can see, he's, you know, um, Porto made them pay by, you know, <laughs> exposing them to. And so I think it's going to be a long, I think, I don't, I don't see them, even at home, I don't see them winning. So yeah, I think that Porto has a very good chance of uh, moving forward. What I do hope, um, you know, if Porto does go, you know, does beat Juventus, or at least like the vibes that I got from this Porto game, or this Porto team, just from being able to watch this first leg, it kind of, I don't want to, you know, put a foot in my mouth or anything like that, but I feel like it reminds me of like that Ajax team with like Frankie de Jong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Neves, Tadic, Delic. It was like one of those underdog teams that if you sleep on them, they're going to they're gonna make you pay, you know. And that's, I feel like, what happened in the first leg. I hope they can take that into the second leg because that will make it so much more interesting because Ronaldo's also known in the second leg to always come back and put the team on his back. Right. So I hope this Porto team does, does not change the way that they play and are able to give them, you know, a really tough game. So. Yeah, I agree on that. Speaking of Ronaldo, Ronaldo was absent that game. So absent. Ronaldo was non-existent. You <laughs> yeah. didn't see you didn't see a single highlight of the entire game of Cristiano Ronaldo scoring right. or having a shot on target. It was long-range distance shots from Alexandro or 
Rabiot or something like that. Yeah. You, you didn't see Ronaldo be in the box. Yeah, they pretty right. much, Porto essentially neutralized Juventus's biggest threat, which is Cristiano Ronaldo. Right. And that's, I think, if they're able to do that in the second leg and just isolate him and force other players like Chiesa, which Chiesa had a banger that. Yeah, that that, that goal cool. was that goal was nice. Yeah. That was a brilliant ball by Rabio and don't get that wrong, that's a big advantage that they have that way goal. Right. But still, you it's you Juventus. You're Juventus, you're the Italian champions. This is Porto. Right. Yes, they're still respected in Europe, but they're not as big as you. Right. And you know, the way they play, yes. Yeah, they just have to play better. You can't just, you know, sleep on any team in the Champions League. You got to respect every single team. And do you think, uh, do you think we're gonna see underdog story with them this year or no? I think possibly. Possibly. Possibly if <laughs> they play, if they play Juventus like they did the first leg. Yeah. I say yes. Yeah. Then I think they can go up against any possession big team and they can just beat them. Yeah. I think that too. Because that would this game or the, I guess this leg reminds me of that Ajax team. Like you go back to Ajax, you know. That played that knocked out Real Madrid at home when they played them. I think they tied one one, and then when Ajax also beat Juventus, yeah, beat Juventus as well, it exactly. Does, right? <laughs> and then when they went, um, I think both legs, the Ajax team in the both legs, you know, they played home the first leg and the second leg. They went to to both Madrid and Turin, and you know, huge upsets. Right. So I do hope to. It's always nice to see a nice little underdog in the Champions League. So right. I do hope that they're the underdog team. You see, you know, we still haven't covered some of the other games that are. That are going on, that will be happening next week. But from the look of it, I think this team, at least from this week, this team is one of the teams that can do that. So I agree that's what I'm hoping for. I agree. <laughs> Let's just hope that that happens, and you know, hope we have an, an underdog story we can talk about because yeah. that's going to be awesome to talk about. And uh, to go back about talking about Ronaldo, how he was so absent in that game. The only thing I saw him do was in the 94th minute. When there might have been a PK, yep. up to you guys. I kind of want to discuss that for a bit, especially since you like to ref as well. Yep. <laughs> so I was, I think he's gonna have a. I believe Ronaldo will show up in the next game. Yeah. And they definitely have to pay attention to him in the in the next game because he's gonna have. He was really fired up. I mean, he was talking mm-hmm. to the ref and they, you know, talking all that. I mean, when you see the replay, you could have gone either way. Right. Right. Obviously, I'm a referee myself, so I kind of you could have call it either way but I mean because I mean the guy does touch him a little bit right but obviously it's Ronaldo he's obviously older so now whenever you touch him he falls because that's his style so especially inside the box you know if I was a forward trust me you touch me I'll be falling down so that's I mean so what he did the defender did touch his leg but uh, you know I don't know the guy is kind of like holding back like hey I'm not touching him but you can see on the replay that he did trip him a little bit so and that's why he was really fired up. So that could have made it 2-2. And even, even though Porto did dominate him most of the time, I think, you know, with Juventus playing not at their best game, they still could have tied the game. And that's that's the only scary thing that I'm having. And it's like, okay, so, I mean, but hey, they have to go with the same style, you know, either win or lose with the same style. Don't change your style because it, it looked like it worked and you right. had, had them on their heels. So just right. continue it and good luck. I yeah. think that's what happened. I agree on that. I agree on that. So that is our end of the Champions League. We're going to talk about some big, the one of the biggest Prem games that happened during the week. That was Manchester City versus Everton, number one versus number seven in the league. And Man City ends up taking it three to one. They are, how many points ahead, Chris? Ten. Ten. Points ahead. Ten points ahead of Man United. And 
Leicester City. And Leicester City, since they're both tied. Yeah. But, <laughs> man, that was... And the first half, I thought it looked shaky. Man City yeah. looked shaky in that first half. Yeah. They did not look very convincing to me. Um, that penalty, you know, once again, that was... Did they have a penalty? Was it a pen? No, am I tripping? No, it wasn't a pen. <laughs> no, the first goal? I forget which the first goal. It was, no, it, oh, it, was, oh, it, was my, it was a PK. No, no, no. No, I remember. Uh, Phil Foden... Uh, he hit off the defender. Oh, the yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. But they did have an appeal for a penalty, but that yeah. got denied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that that first goal, uh, it was like, really. And then Everton's first goal was actually kind of nice. Oh, yeah. That, the build-up play that they had in their half, they looked good. In my opinion, Everton in the build-up play in Man City's half looked really nice. I thought they were going to score at least a couple on them in the first half. And then as soon as the second half started, I was like... That right side got exposed. That left back got exposed all day. And remember, I called it right <laughs> when they first when they when they scored the second goal to make it to the one. What did I say? Manchester City is going to attack the same side because you know if you see a weakness, they attack, right. and that's what happened. They saw it and then they went to it. And where did they come? The third goal come from the same direction from the right, right. side. Right. So it's like they they were attacking on the left side and they were not very successful. Um, what's the name on the left on the left forward on the left side? Foden, Phil uh, Foden, Ster- Sterling, Sterling. Oh, Sterling. So Sterling was on. He he wasn't being very effective. They were kind of trying, trying, yeah, but yeah. they were not doing a lot of damage. Yeah. But the moment they switched the ball, and you know when they scored their first goal, I mean it just kind of like started. I mean when they scored their second goal, that kind of started. And I, and I even told you guys when we were watching the game. I bet you they're gonna come back. The third goal is gonna come from that same side. And sure enough, like 10, 15 minutes later, boom, yeah. same. You know. So I think um, I, I'm kind of disappointed at Everton. That if somebody's going to beat Manchester City, you have to press them. You cannot sit back. And you could see that when they scored the goal, uh, Everton put some pressure, put some passes together, and they gave Manchester City a little bit of trouble for like five, ten minutes. And they give, I, we were kind of talking like, wow, oh my God, could this be an upset or something? They're like, oh. <laughs> but, you know, so I think, I, I don't know, I just... If anybody sees this game, hopefully they'll say, hey, you know, when Manchester City is not playing at its best, if you put a little, you know, not a little, but if you go full out, press him, that's the best way to beat him. I mean, yeah. I don't think if you sit back, you just basically ask him for trouble. And, um, you know, hopefully they learn. And uh, But I just don't see any team yeah. coming even close to the way they play. And, you know, they might lose one or, two, you know, maybe tie, but I don't see them losing, maybe unless they have... An off day, maybe one nothing, but for somebody to destroy them like two or three nothing would be almost. Right. I don't see anybody. Yeah, I don't see anyone catching up to Man City, and uh, you know, obviously Gundogan didn't play this game, but we've been praising Gundogan how how well he's been doing, yes. and things even got better for Man City in this game because Kevin De Bruyne just came back from injury, so you got you know Kevin De Bruyne back. In my opinion, they should just give Man City the title already. <laughs> And <laughs> let him focus on Champions League. What was the name of the gentleman? The the, the number six. The, he took. Uh, he's the defender. He used to. He was also hurt for a while. He came in in like a day. Ruben oh, Diaz. Fernandinho. Fernandinho. No, yeah, Fernandinho. Fernandinho. You're yeah. right. You're right. You're I right. Mean, so he's also another piece that they. Yeah. Now they have. You know they. Um, the person he replaced also. You know they were. You know now they can give each other some. You know, when they need rest, be like, hey, you take this game. I'll take this other one. That'd be awesome. Right. So. I agree too, because you know, like, um, given that they're ten points clear, you know, they got FA Cup, they got important games in the in the Champions League coming up. Mm-hmm. What I like too is that even in their back line, they have three very reliant center center backs right. in Laporte, 
Ruben, uh, Ruben Diaz and uh, John Stones. You know, those are three set pieces because I feel like what always messes up Man City is their defense. Right. So now they got three guys competing within themselves. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of games in the cha- in the in the in the prem in the prem. Yeah. <laughs> so and the fact that they're ten points clear, it'll allow them to rotate some players. You know, and then if you have a tough game in FA Cup, you know, you'll be you can throw your best line back there as well as the Champions League. Right. Um, but to go away from that too for a second, I really love that second goal. That single was nice. It was a beautiful <laughs> oh finish. That little layoff from Bernardo Silva and then Mares. That was post. that was literally oh right right God. in his. That was a perfect, perfect pass right in his stride. Couldn't One touch. One oh. touch finish off the post. Oh, I mean, on his left foot, there's nothing else you're gonna ask for. Oh. That was good link up play on the right side between Bernardo Silva, Mares, yeah. and um, who was who was else? I think it was just them two. Yeah, yeah, I think it was just them goal, two. It was with Gabriel Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that yeah, but Bernardo nice. Silva have yo on that third goal. He got him on that hesitate. Uh, he got keen on that hesitation hard. Yeah. It was so hard. He just <laughs> stopped. <laughs> I was literally he froze that defender. Yeah. I mean, that was just amazing. But I mean, it's like, as a center back, how would you like feel if that I mean, happened to you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm a defender, you right? So it's just like it would. I, I'm just. I'm surprised that he. I mean, on the review, it doesn't seem like he did much, but he just little like a little faint, but a little I, shoulder dip. Yeah, but I, it didn't seem like. To freeze him, that guy was like, <laughs> and he was like, okay, thank you, and he just like, good night. I mean, it was, and then the goalie, he had his hand on it. Yeah. So the fact that he put his hand on it, most goalies would be like, okay, and it wasn't. If it was a little wider, then I say, okay, yeah. But I think he mishit it. When when you look at the replay, he's you know, he looks like instead of hitting on his flat hand, he hit him a little bit on the bottom of the hand. So that's why it went underneath him. But I think that was just a mistake on the goalie because most goalies would have blocked it, uh, especially once they get their hands on the ball. Most goalies would have been like rejected it or something. So, I, you know, he got a little lucky. Was you know, but hey, you know, give him, you know, he took the shot. That's you know, that, if you don't if you don't take any shots, you don't score. Then I think exactly. you know he you know he took the shot and um, you know it's good good goal. Yeah, I agree on that. To be honest, I feel bad for Everton. Not gonna yeah. lie, they got some. They had they have some hard games coming up, and they could have gotten points on Man City. To be honest, I felt like they could have had, if they played better defensively, they could have gotten points off them. And just those, you know, knowing that your left back, because they had um, three center backs. They had three at the beginning of the lineup. They had four center backs playing. They had two center backs and their center back, and they had a center back playing on the right and a center back playing on the left. So and then they obviously one their got players got hurt so they put the right back yeah, in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they mean they got hurt. yeah, and then um so but still like a center back playing left back I'm like why didn't you put drop back Lucas Digne put someone else up top yeah. so because Lucas Digne we obviously know is a, a left back but in this game he was playing more of a left mid left winger like type wing of position a yeah. wing back sorta but I would just put him switch those around put him at left back because literally they attacked that left side. Every literally what you said, they attacked that left side like it was no tomorrow, yeah. and it was just like Ancelotti didn't make that change. Right. And honestly, I think Everton could have tied this game, at least tie it. I think they should have tied at least one one. You know, he could have prevented a couple goals, but yeah. hey, you never know, you never know. But Everton, they got some hard games. Man City also has hard games, so it's gonna be interesting to see how this turns out. It's good to be ten points clear. It is very good to be ten points <laughs> yeah. clear, and the Premier League in this stage, it is very good to be ten points clear. Yes, yes it is. Well, sadly, they don't got their game in hand anymore, but... They give them the 10 points? Yeah. That is true. They, have to, they do have 10 points. They do have 10 yes, points. Uh, they, took, uh, they took advantage of the situation, so I think, uh, you know, not, not even playing their best game, they still win through the one. Right. So, you know, it only took, like, those two goals that they scored, because when it was 1-1, we were still talking about that, hey, 
maybe this maybe it's a chance that they'll stay one one. But then once they scored the two one, I was like, okay, that's it, game over. Right, and that's uh, you know if you're not playing a good game, but you still come out up top, especially being like the leader, it's that mm-hmm. it's that champions luck, mm-hmm. just like how uh, Atletico Madrid is doing in in La Liga. Yeah, so I've seen some games playing trash and they still come out <laughs> with the win. I'm like, yeah. oh, all right. but uh, but good for Man City. I hope under Pep Guardiola they can continue to win. Hopefully yeah. they can, you know, with this um, ten point lead, they can. No, I wouldn't say lose focus on the Prem, but definitely push towards the Champions League, which has been their goal ever since Pep Guardiola got there. Right. Yeah. So I think if there's a time, it's it's this year to to you know to take care of that, especially with like yeah. you like we were talking about earlier, Fernandinho coming back, Kevin De Bruyne coming back from injury, Phil Foden, who's the youngster that they've been producing, you know, or getting ready for like these, you know, at this point in his career. And our so, wedo, our wedo, and wedo, yeah. Oh, he's coming back. So that, yeah. I think that's he would be ideal when it comes to the Champions League. I think. Yeah. Um, I don't. I'm not very impressed with the Jesus. Jesus? Yeah. Oh my God! I just. I don't. I mean. I think they scored. Uh, one of the the Everton scored the goal because he lost the ball right in the midfield. Yeah. And once he lost the ball. He maybe walked like three or four steps right to get it. He didn't get it. And he's like, okay. He starts walking and boom, 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 two, three passes and they score the goal. So it's yeah. just like, I just never been very fond of him. I mean, I just think he needs to be, you know, I don't know. I mean, he tries, but I think sometimes they try so hard yeah. and they don't see their other teammates. Their teammate could be wide open, but instead they want to be the hero. And, oh, let me take this goal. Instead of like, no, just pass it to the other person. The assist is just as good as, as a goal. 100%. Because, you know, so... I don't know. I just, um, but I think they're looking very good. I mean, uh, I think I'm not 100 percent who Manchester City is playing on the court in the. In the uh, they play um, uh, much in Gladbach, Borussia yeah, much in Gladbach. Gladbach. So, I mean, so that, a German team. Should, yeah, so it should be that. You know, uh, I think they should be able to win that one, and yeah. you know, hopefully they they don't get one of the tough teams, and hopefully <laughs> they, you know, in the quarterfinals, and, uh, right. and then hopefully you know they they have a chance. So. Yeah, that's it. That's we'll true. See. That's true. All right. Everybody. So that is our analytic. Anal- uh, <laughs> I can't speak today. Our analysis of the games that happened this week. Now on to some big predictions oh, that you guys have to watch I for for this weekend. I love it. It is yeah. Derby weekend. Derby. Derby weekend. We're oh, talking yeah. in the Prem and in the Serie A. So we got first game. Liverpool versus Everton, the Merseyside derby. Fuck, fuck. Six <laughs> versus six versus seven, so yes, they're sir. right neck and neck with each other, mm-hmm. and both of them aren't in the best form in the Prem. So this is gonna be a good game. Yeah. Who you got, Christian? Tell me how it's gonna go down. All right. So I got a few. I'm gonna give you some some facts. All right. Uh oh. Let's see. So three three points separate both teams, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Everton actually has a game in hand. And Everton has actually not beaten Liverpool at Anfield since 1999. Were you even born? I was born in 1999. 1999? I was born August 2nd, 1999. <laughs> you weren't even born, bro. This is what, what year is this? Oh, it's 1999, but it's what? February? You yeah. weren't even born yet, bro. Yeah, exactly. Like, last time Liverpool or lost in Everton was before you were born, my guy. Wow. So, um, but yeah, you know, Liverpool coming to this win. Uh, or into this game with a big win against Leipzig on Tuesday, on Wednesday, you know Everton clearly lost to, to Man City, um, and I think a big thing that hurts Everton is that Yeri Mina won't be in the game since he got a calf injury against Man City, right? Um, and I'm not sure if Fabinho will be in this game as well, but one of the things too is that um, 
Liverpool comes from three consecutive losses with Leicester, Man City, and Brighton. And Everton has only won one of their last five Premier League games, oh only beating Leeds and only having tied United, but have caught three L's to Man City, Fulham, Newcastle. Fulham and Newcastle are in the, you know, one of the two teams. One of them's in relegation. One of them is right a point right, right above or a place right above relegation. Wow. So I'm going. Liverpool wins. It's time to turn the season around, boys. And you guys are gonna do that after all that confidence or the confidence boost you got after beating Leipzig away from home. I'm going to go Liverpool wins 2-1. Okay, 2-1. All right. So the way I see it, they're playing at Anfield, right? Yes, sir. So Liverpool has been playing. They've lost how many home games? Liverpool lost three consecutive home games. games. Yeah. Three consecutive league games. How many were them at home? The Man City game was at home. Man City was the game The Brighton game was at home. So he lost my last two home games to Brighton and Manchester City. Yeah. Everton... They're not looking so hot on the other hand as well. Um, Diamond and Calvin Newman still out with his injury. He um, actually might be back. If he, game. if Dominic Calvin Newman plays, I think Everton may have a slim 50-50 chance. That's why I gave Everton the one for Calvin Newman. <laughs> Calvin Newman, I feel you on that. But I'm gonna say that it's going to be one nil mm. Everton. <laughs> at Anfield. At Anfield. Uh-oh. Liverpool continues their losing streak at home. Oh, okay. yeah. Wow. What do you say, Dad? Well, uh, I like the, what you're saying because um, I think if Everton plays defensive, like 4-5-1, and just kind of parts the bus, uh, we, we have noticed that every team that they have lost has done the same thing. Basically, they park the bus, and you say, hey, Liverpool, see if you can score on us. And obviously, they only score, what, one goal against Manchester City, and I think one goal, against, one goal against Leicester. Yeah, so it's like so. two goals in the last I don't know five games or whatever. I mean, it just their scoring in in the Premier is not that much. So I think the score they'll eventually open up, and I think they're gonna win three to one. You think Everton's winning three one? Liverpool. I'm sorry, oh. Liverpool is gonna win oh, three right. to one. Right. <laughs> three to one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm yeah. the one in minority. I'm yeah, the one in minority. minority. Yeah. And it's funny too. I should have. Uh, I didn't think about this either. Liverpool's um, goals came from defensive areas. Yep. And I think Everton will make one and one or two. And I think Liverpool will take advantage of him. And uh, they'll, you know, then Everton will have to open up, and then that's when they score the two or three goals extra. So right. yeah. So I think okay. three to one. Maybe they get lucky, you know, Everton with a set piece, they must score one, and I think, oh, yeah. either 3-1 or 3-0, but I think I give them one, so 3-1 would be the goal. So, okay, yeah. all yeah. right, yep. all right, so on to the next derby, the Milan derby, Milan. one of the biggest derbies in literally the history of football. Yes, sir. So, we got AC Milan AC. versus Inter oh. Milan. <laughs> uh, Inter Milan looking like the better team, mm-hmm. in my opinion, coming off a 3-1 win over uh, Lazio. So that was very impressive. But AC Milan, not looking so... They're looking iffy. They're not looking so hot. They're not looking so hot. Ibra's <laughs> not scoring for them as much. I think that's the problem. Yeah. Because he stopped scoring. I think they you know, they, they were dependent too much on him. And now it's a one-man show. And I think that's... Yeah. Hey, Gringo, give me, give me your, your, your scoreline prediction for no, this Milan derby. This one, uh, I think when they played each other last time, I think Intra won 2-1. to one. I believe so. Uh, so I believe... Um, the same is gonna. The same score is gonna happen. I believe um, um, two to one would be the same. Inter Milan would win it again. Two to one. All right. All right. 
Christian, Dang, you're up. Oh, you want me, you want me to go? <laughs> you go first. I'll go. I'll go. All right. So we all know Ace. Well, Ace Milan played in the Your Believe. They, I think they won three one. They, who Ace Milan? Ace Milan. They they tied. They two, tied two two. Club, they were up two one. Uh, what are those teams called? Club uh, Red Star. Red Star. Uh, Red Star. Belgrade. Yeah. yeah, they tied two one. They ended up tying in the ninetieth minute. Wow. Yeah. I saw and that was and Red Star had a had a record like in the seventy something minute. Yeah, I saw they had a record too. Yeah. And they lost and they, they tied two two. Yeah, Man, I see. I mean, you have Lukaku back for Inter. You have Latara Martinez. We already know how dangerous Latara Martinez can be. Got Barella. You have um, you have, a, you have a, like a number of midfielders who can play that game. Vidal, oh Alexis, oh Eriksen, Brozovic. Like. There's so many options that they have. Personally, I think AC Milan is in in best form right now, and if Ibra doesn't score for them. I think it's going to be a whitewash. I'm saying it's going to be 2 0 into Milan. Dang. Wow. 2-0. After the game of the 2 1, I was thinking 2 0 now. <laughs> oh my God. Just go with the ridiculous scoreline. I will. Absolutely. Yeah, I will. I will. I will. Give right, them the facts first. Go for it. Hey, question for you Who's got home field advantage? AC. Well, it's, it's the same. <laughs> Trick question, baby. <laughs> they both played home at the same zero, but you know, AC Milan's, I guess, 10 AC Milan's 10 home. home. <laughs> uh, yeah, and like we were saying, only one point separates Inter from Milan, who obviously hasn't been playing well. Um, Inter has won four and tied one out of the last five Serie A games. Um, Milan has lost two out of the last five Serie A games, right? And like we were saying, Inter you know, came in fourth from the Champions League group, so they're well-rested over the week. No longer are in, uh, are in what's it called? Any European uh, ties. Yeah, the yeah. Coppa Italia, nothing. So, you know, Inter's last game was against, who was it, Lazio? Lazio. So, what, a week ago? Mm-hmm. They're well-rested. Um, I think they're going to come in. Since you guys took 2-1 and 2-0, I'm going to go with 3-0, a brace from our boy Lukaku, and a goal from uh, Lautaro Martinez. That's my prediction. 3-0. Three nothing. He's, he's going bold on that. That's awesome. I was man. not. I was I not expecting three nil. Sorry, I have to put money on these. People <laughs> <laughs> stop putting your money on this. Hey, I got. Hey, I'm not gonna lie. I got the Red Bull Liverpool, the RB Leipzig Liverpool scoreline right. So whoever betted on against that, props, dude. All of mine were so off. <laughs> yeah, everyone. I went we were, two nil for everything. Yeah, we were so off. <laughs> we, we were very off on the last um, scoreline games, but I didn't hey. do as much research this time. So, but well, last time, I mean. yeah, last time we, we sort of just winged it, but yeah. we sort of went off golf feeling, but. Hey, we did some research this time, so you know we have some facts behind what we state. And that is a wrap, y'all. Awesome. Fantastic. I love it. We love it. Christian, any final words you want to say to the viewers and listeners? Um, put some money on my predictions. I'm a win. And as always, KATP, baby. KATP, baby. We love y'all. Stay safe and goodbye.